They say you should never judge a book by its cover. Well, you also shouldn't judge someone until you know their story. So my wicked awesome sisters and I are coming together to tell ours. Sharing our story isn't an excuse. It's an explanation. And now, Wicked Awesome Sisters Podcast. Last week on Wicked Awesome Sisters. Everything that happened to me as a child kind of molded my emotions and my views on things. I mean, I'm anxious all the time. I have really bad depression. Um, I have... (laughs) I have it all, actually, but I'm sure I'm fine. I just get incredibly anxious for no reason. It's this feeling of impending doom that something terrible is going to happen at any moment. Totally illogical. Doesn't make any sense. I am really good for other people to unload their problems on, but I usually keep a lot of my stuff to myself, like in terms of like my feelings. And now the continuation of our story. I was thinking that this would be a good time to kind of touch base on the women and men who raised us outside of Myra. And in your situation, you guys had some people that took you in and basically raised you like you were their children and were pretty much your saving grace. And so I know we've touched on it in the first several episodes, but we've never really gone in depth and in detail with that. So I thought this would be a really good time to kind of share with our audience, you know, the stories behind that. And I know one person that we've talked about a lot has been Kim. So Echo, do you kind of want to talk a little bit more about how Kim came into your life and what Kim's role has been in your life and what your relationship is today? Kim is like my mom for all intents and purposes. Like I, when I talk to people that that's my mom, she's there for me for everything. I call her with every minor inconvenience. I call her with every happy thing that could happen in my life. I call her when I'm mad, sad, happy, bored, you name it. But Kim came into my life when I was, I want to say 15. My really good friend, Sammy, Um, who I was friends with throughout middle school and high school. She went to a different school than I did. And I would go over her house almost every weekend to spend time with her. And her parents are absolutely amazing. Her whole family is really, really amazing. But her mom, um, her name is Erica. And she she just kind of took me in. And I was always over their house. Sammy's dad, Jeff, he was friends with Kim. And Kim didn't have any children of her own. One day, I think there was a fire in the house that I was living in with Myra and um, Kim offered to buy me some school clothes because my clothes were burned or destroyed. Then one day she was like, I have an extra bedroom because she noticed I was spending a lot of time over Sammy's house. And if you ever need to use it, and I never took her up on the offer. And then one day I got into a really big fight with Autumn. Myra took Autumn's side and it was like the last straw I called Kim. She came and picked me up. And from that day forward, I lived with her. I lived with her until even after I got married. I spend every Christmas, most Thanksgivings, most holidays with her. She is my family and I love her. So when you say you moved in with her from that point forward, so at that moment, did you ever go back 
and forth to Myra's or was there ever a moment when you stayed at Myra's still or were you no. 100% moved in? I 100% moved in. And even before then, I was going back and forth between Myra's house and my friend Sammy's house. How did Myra react to you leaving? Did she seem to care? Did she fight you on it? She was upset at first, but I just stood my ground because I, I was 17. I was in I was a junior in high school, so my school was further away. Sometimes Myra would leave me there. And so it got to a point where like I wasn't I, I had to miss school because Myra just didn't want to take me to school. And like Kim thought that was absolutely ridiculous. So like between her and Sammy's family, like to include her grandma, they all were like, well, let's just figure out a way to get Echo to school. And when I moved in with Kim, Kim and her husband had an extra vehicle. And so they let me use their vehicle. And so I was able to drive back and forth to school. She actually took me to go get my license because at that point I didn't have my license. When I lived with her, I got to drive back and forth to school. Kim like allowed me to get into so many extracurricular activities that I was never able to do before with Myra. Like I was able to be in the National Honor Society, the Spanish National Honor Society, the IB club. I got to be in the key club. I got to be the president of the key club. I got to be in teen court. I got to volunteer at the hospital. Like I was just able to do so much. You said like, basically you never took Kim up on that offer. And then that one day you were just there and then you never looked back. Was there like- broke the camel's back. But was it strange kind of doing that transition, not really knowing Kim that well? Um, I mean, I had known her since I was 15. She had been friends with Sammy's parents. And so I was over at Sammy's house every weekend. And so was Kim. Kim was spending time with Sammy's mom and dad. And so I had known her. She wasn't a stranger, no. With Kim not having kids, do you feel like it was ever maybe a growing pain transition period for you guys? In the um, sense that, like, all of a sudden now she's got a now she's got a daughter, a teenage daughter. <laughs> there definitely was some growing pains, but Kim is awesome in the sense that, like, she just wanted to like dive in, and she got so involved. Like her house, which was my house at that point, became the hangout spot. So, like, Kim will tell you she had like this little tiny couch and it was absolutely terrible she bought this like huge couch and we have this picture of probably like eight of my friends just crammed together she bought the good snacks she had the beach pass for the dog park which everybody wanted to go to we live really close to like blue springs she had a pass to all the state parks so like all of my friends would want to be there on the weekend and and sammy started coming over and staying over a lot She made her house the fun house. And then eventually when she learned about my younger siblings, she started including them more. And they don't remember Christmases without Kim. Kim, I I don't know what possessed Kim to do it, but she just like took us in and like loved us like we were her own. Okay. So, and then from this point forward, you guys are still super close and you guys do everything and she's still your mom. Yep. Yep. I called her today on my way home from work. I mean, I call her to annoy her probably... You know, if not every day, every other day. And Amber, you were raised by your grandmother. So you've mentioned in several episodes that, you know, you felt like you were being saved because you were moving in with your dad. But then all of a sudden dad dips out, dad being Tim in this case, and he kind of leaves you with your grandma and your grandma kind of took over. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So after we uh, moved to Fort Myers with Aunt Kathy and you... So we were back and forth between Fort Myers and Deltona all the time because we still had our house in Deltona. Jack was staying there and 
quote unquote, taking care of it while whatever was going on. Anyways, one night my dad came to me and said, we have to get out of here. We have to get away. And of course I was like, all right, yeah, let's do that. Like I'm, I'm good for that. So we packed up what we could fit in my grandfather's truck because he was in the process of moving from Illinois down to Fort Myers. And we jumped in one of the trips with him and went up to Illinois and stayed with my grandma. Um, My dad and I ended up getting our own place for about a year. And then, like you had mentioned, he abandoned me and came back to Florida and didn't tell me. So I was actually living by myself in that apartment for like three weeks. And then my grandma came to me and she's like, okay, these are your choices. You can either live with me, you can live with your aunt in Texas, or you can go back with your mom. I didn't want to do any of those. I was a rebellious kid. My grandma was super strict. My aunt was super strict. And Myra was Myra. So of those three options, I chose to live with my grandma. And I think that was the best option for me because it did put me back on the path to doing the right thing. I finished high school. She just like Echo said with Kim, she made sure I got my driver's license. Three weeks after I had my driver's license, I had my own car. No, it wasn't a brand new car, but it was a car and I was driving and it was great. And then I, you know, I finished high school. I ended up going to beauty school and grandma told me either, either you're going to college or you're doing, you're doing something. You cannot Cause I, I was lazy after high school and I was like, oh, I want to take a year break. And grandma was like, no, granted, I didn't go forward with my cosmetology license, but it is what it is. I at least did something. And then my grandmother and I were really, really close. Even when I got pregnant, I was living with her when I got pregnant with Dan and I's first baby, Peanut. And she was very apprehensive and she wasn't very happy with me, but then she came around to it and Dan and I ended up getting our own apartment before the baby was born. But I still, I called her every morning, every morning, at eight o'clock, I called her every single day. And then except on Saturdays, cause she was talking to my aunt. So I had to call her at nine. I would go over there cause I was a stay at home mom. And then I ended up, you know, I had peanut and then we two years later had weasel And we would go over to my grandma's all the time. Like we were all super close. And then we'll get into that later. Um, But I took some, I made some bad choices in my life and it really put a rift in my grandma and I's relationship. And she tried to, you know, rile me in and everything. And I was just, this was after Dan and I had split up and I was just kind of went crazy And it it really, really put a damper on our relationship. And we didn't talk for, I would say, two years. And um, but I am happy to say that her and I have regained our relationship. We do talk very often now, not every day, but we do talk often. And, you know, we fill each other in on what's going on with each other's lives. And I'm very grateful for that because it was even though she was my grandmother, she was more like a mother to me when she was raising me because I never... You know, I, well, I did, I went from having that mother figure to not having that mother figure. I'm very, very grateful that at her age, she took a rebellious teenager in and did what she could. And she, I will forever be grateful for her. She is an amazing person. Yeah. I will say, uh, Amber, I mean, you lived with me when you were just starting your teenage years. And even though you were fairly innocent when you first came to live with us you've always been a bit uh on the wild side so yeah definitely props to grandma for that 
And you guys are doing good now, you said. Yeah, we talk. I would say we talk about once a week. I mean, we Snapchat a lot. She's still, I'm still trying to teach her how to use Snapchat. She lives in Chicago. So obviously it's hard for me to. I don't even know how to use Snapchat. I don't even have a Snapchat. So she, she, <laughs> like, I'll send a Snapchat out and then she'll message me back and be like, how did you do that? You got to teach me how to do that. But I try to, I try to at least text her, or call her at least once a week and kind of fill her in with what's going on. Um, as of lately, I've had a lot of stuff going on in my life. So I have not talked to her probably in like two weeks. But I will definitely be giving her a call this weekend because, you know, she's my grandma and I want to I, I worked hard to gain that relationship back and I want to, you know, maintain it and main, have a relationship with my grandmother. If you have a good relationship with your grandparents, the one thing I can tell all of you is just cherish it and love it because, you know, they're not here forever. And I lost my grandmother. My grandmother was my best friend. I lost her a few years ago and I still struggle with it. I'll still just start crying for no reason. So I'm so glad that you guys were able to work all that out. Sorry, I sound a little funny. I've been battling this cold for the past couple of days. So I probably sound real nasally. You sound like Beavis and Butthead. (laughs) (laughs) I can't do I can't even do it. So I want to backtrack though to when you your dad left. So your dad left and you were at that apartment for you said about three weeks by yourself. My first question is, what did you do for those three weeks? And also, how did your grandma find out? And did your dad communicate with you at all during that time? So I came home from school one day and it was very typical of Tim, just like it was Myra, to disappear for days at a time. I didn't think anything of it. This is when Dan and I first started dating. I was like high school sweetheart. I love him. I want to spend all my time with him. It was great because um, here I am, a 16-year-old girl in love with a 16-year-old boy, and I have my own apartment, but we can do whatever we want in. So I really didn't have any complaints about it. And then it kind of was like, okay, well, where's my dad? Like, what? when is he coming home? I wasn't able to get in touch with him. His phone was disconnected, and I was like, okay, whatever. So Dan's parents would not let me stay the night at that age. So I still, he would spend the night at my apartment, but I don't think they knew where he was spending the night. So about two and a half weeks in, I was at school and I get a call down to the principal's office. They were like, your dad got a hold of us and said that there's like an emergency or something. And I was like, what? And then the next thing I know, my grandma's getting a hold of me and she's like, hey, have you heard from your dad? And I was like, no, I haven't heard from him. Why? Well, like, what's going on? And she's like, um, he's in Florida in rehab. And I was like, what? Like, what? She's like, yeah, he's been there for like two weeks. He just called me and he's in Florida. She's like, where are you? And I was like, oh, I've been, you know, staying with Dan. I was at that point where she was. And I, after, after I moved in with my grandmother, I did not talk to my father for quite some time. I was extremely hurt. Again, having my own apartment to myself for that amount of time. Shortly after, Dan and I found out that we were in trouble at 16. Um, so it was, it was really hard to deal with. Like I was, my dad left and now I have this situation that I have to figure out by myself pretty much. I couldn't tell my grandma. I didn't actually tell my grandma until two or three years after the fact, um, because I was afraid that she was going to be mad at me or resent me. Actually, I didn't tell her until I was pregnant with peanut because I was afraid that she was going to be mad at me. But anyways, so yeah, I didn't talk to Tim for a long time. And ever since then, Tim and I have had a very, very rocky relationship. 
Honestly, I don't think I know this story in its entirety. So I feel like I'm hearing a lot of this for the first time. He left and checked himself into rehab or like what? So I found out later he checked himself into rehab. But right before he had left, he went where she kept her belongings, her if she needed emergency cash or whatever, I'm not going to call her out because she probably still hides it in the same place because, you know, grandma's never change. But um, he went in where her checks were and he went in her checkbook and took the check all the way in the back. She didn't notice. She Why would she notice? It wasn't the next check up in the stack of checks she was writing. And, you know, old people love to write checks. So she was always doing that. He wrote out a check to somebody for $10,000. And after he did that, he left. That's when he went and checked himself into rehab. So he left because he didn't want your grandma to find out that he cashed or he wrote a check for 10 grand out of her bank account. Yeah. And then he checked himself into rehab in Florida near Myra. Yeah, exactly. You got it. You're catching on here. Oh, my God. And then he didn't even tell anyone that he left his 15-year-old daughter you were 15, right? Um, were you 15 or 16? I was 15 or 16. I don't... Regardless, he left yeah. his 16-year-old daughter at an apartment to take care of herself for three weeks. And technically, it could have been longer had your grandmother never found out. Right, because I wasn't gonna... I was I was enjoying my life. I could do whatever I wanted. I could come and go as I pleased. I didn't have anybody to answer to. Didn't have any food in the house, but that's what Dan was for because he would like give me his lunch money every day. And I was like, oh, this guy's the greatest. He feeds me. You're lucky because you at least had a boyfriend. Like if this happened to somebody who didn't have a boyfriend or a friend to take care of them, like they'd be so shit out of luck. What the hell? Or Dan did not eat lunch that entire sophomore year. He gave me his lunch money. (laughs) You know, so... Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that because I didn't know the details of that one. And Autumn, you also have someone that you cherish and love and think of like a mother. And she actually walked you down the aisle at your wedding a couple months ago. Yeah. Um. So Tracy came into my life when I was in middle school. So I was probably, it was my first year of middle school. She, she loves to tell the story, actually. She was an IEP facilitator, which it's just like the person that handles all IEPs. It's for children that have uh, some type of learning disability or some type of delay that causes them not to be able to meet the requirements uh, as neurotypical students. If someone was like falling behind, she would take them under their wing and she would be like, help them get caught up. She has her master's in or in like math so she's like super good in math so she would help a whole bunch of people in math so our brother lee he had a friend and his best friend he actually was our neighbor our whole lives he needed help and i found that out and i was like hmm is this a place where i can skip class because i'm all about that and it wasn't turns out um so i went to her after finding out about it and i was like hey i want to be in your class and she's like i don't have a class and i was like well let me be involved and she was like okay so i started off with like i would hang out with her every day during lunch uh if i didn't want to go to class she'd be like hey like you can bring your assignments in here you can do them i was living with myra 
and her boyfriend on the, a different side of town, which was really far from school for me. So I was missing a lot of school. And then she decided, she's like, hey, I can bring you to school every day and take you home so you're not missing school anymore. And that's kind of how our relationship started. So for a couple months, she was bringing me back and forth to school every day and like making sure that I had lunch and that I was doing my schoolwork and making sure that I was pretty much like just attending. I mean, we still talk all the time, not every day. I don't talk to her that often, probably once a month we'll text like, oh, hey, just thought of you. Or if I hear a song, Turn on the Lights by Future is our song. So anytime I hear it, I text her like, turn on the lights. And then we'll text back and forth. But she made sure that I got through school um, and she made sure I was accountable. She would give our little brother and our little sister clothes because she has two children that are the same age as our brother and sister, our baby brother and sister. So she would give them clothes. And she was just like a really sweet person. She always like made sure that I had everything that I needed. I lived with Myra until I was 17. So like I never moved out. Maybe for a year I moved out, but I didn't live with Tracy. I lived with one of my great friends. Her name is Carly, but she made sure that I was always kept up in my school. She'd always check my grades and she would text me. She'd be like, hey, you're falling behind in this. Like, let's get this fixed. And then when I was 17, I met my ex-husband. Well, I met him when I was 15 and then we got married when I was 17 and then I moved away but we still talked all the time and um, we kept a relationship in keeping in touch with her and everything like that do you feel that you guys have still maintained like this parental type bond or do you feel that it's drifted apart with time I always will feel like she's my mom only because like even in the most difficult of times she she's always been there she I can always count on her. When I was divorcing my ex-husband, I came to her and her and her wife gave me some like really great advice and everything. And like, I almost moved in with them. And then I decided like I couldn't move to Florida because I'd make really bad decisions there. But I still do find her like a mother to me. We don't talk as much, which is really sad to me because I love talking to her. She's one of my favorite people. But like whenever I'm upset, I call her or whenever she's upset, she'll call me. Do you think, because I know you said this in a prior episode, you had said that, you know, you have someone that's like a mother figure, which I'm assuming is Tracy, is who you were referencing, but you don't reach out to her as often as you'd like because you don't want to burden her and because she's not technically your mom. And and Echo's talked about this too. You know, when you have these people that have kind of like unofficially adopted you, you're always afraid that you're going to be too much or... Uh, you're going to just drive them crazy or be too annoying. Do you think that that has played a part in how you guys have drifted away? Yeah, of course. Like, I don't want, I know she's a very busy life. She has two teenage kids. Like, and I know that she's, so she's a teacher. She's really busy all the time. And I don't want to call her to be like, hey, this is what I'm dealing with. And like, just bother her. Like, I don't know. I feel like a burden when I call people anyways. So I don't want to burden her. I already know her life is busy enough. I mean, she thinks of me as I'm her daughter as well. Like we've established the relationship we have and she always tells me I'm not a burden. Like I'm great, but you know, I just feel that way. No, I mean, I totally get it. I feel like I'm a burden to my own mother, but I also don't give a shit and I annoy the fuck out of her anyway. So 
I mean, I think that's just, you know, what daughters are supposed to do is annoy their parents. With my situation, obviously, I never moved out. I was raised by my mom and Char. But I will kind of go back a little bit and backtrack to before I moved in with them. So my parents got divorced when I was about eight or nine years old, and my dad quickly remarried. And, you know, his new wife, Shell, and I, I don't know if it was necessarily oil and vinegar. It's just, I don't really think she, and I have said this before, I don't think she had the capacity to love me like she would love her own children. So I certainly felt like a burden there. And it was really, really hard for me. But I always wanted her to like me, right? And then when I was, I think, well, I'm trying to think of it. I guess I was 12. I had just turned 12. And there was a situation where Shell and I were fighting and we were screaming at each other and I slammed my bedroom door. My little sister at the time, she was, you know, waddling around following me everywhere. And when I slammed my door, I heard her start crying and I saw that she had kind of thrown her diapered butt on the floor, like the noise had startled her or something. And so I just kind of was like, whatever. And I closed my door back. And then all of a sudden, Shell flung open my bedroom door. And I still to this day remember the layout of that bedroom. Flung my bedroom door open, grabbed me by the like collar of my shirt and held me up against a wall and said, you will never touch my daughter ever again. And just slapped me across the face. So uh, I was moving in with my mom and Char a week later, <laughs> so it might not have even been a week. Uh, I, I was out of there pretty quickly, you know, but Shell wasn't all bad. I don't want to paint her as this horrible, evil person. Honestly, like I said, I really just wanted her to like me. I just don't think she had it in her. But that moment just was like, I'm done. I'm out. Deuces. Obviously, when my mom heard about that, she was like, yeah, Ashley's getting out of there. So I moved in with my mom. And surprise, mom has a roommate. So my mom had not come out yet. So my mom, I've I've mentioned this before, I have two moms. And when I moved back in, it was very unexpected. I think they were kind of waiting for the right moment to tell me. And then all of a sudden, I'm just living there. And so, you know, my mom came out to me at that time. At that point, I was raised by my mom and Char for the rest of my young adulthood until I turned 18. Charlotte really was the parental figure, the other mom that that she didn't have to be. Like she stepped up and was like the polar opposite of Shell. Like she showed up for everything, she did everything, all the things. And of course I made her life hell, right? The one that didn't the one that didn't want anything to do with me, all I wanted was for her to like me and then the one that did everything, I just pushed away as much as I possibly could. But luckily, she stuck around and she's still around to this day. And uh, yeah, so we have a really great bond and I'm really close with both of them. So when we talk about, you know, the women and the people who raised us, I consider my mom and Shar my parents. I don't have a bad relationship with my father. My dad and I get along great. Uh, I was a daddy's girl when I was very young but he was just working all the time. And so even when I lived with him and Shell, I never really saw him. So I think just because he was gone all the time from working so much, our relationship just kind of drifted apart. And then all of a sudden I'm a teenager and I have nothing in common with my dad that I don't really ever get to see. So, but I'm working on that. You know, we, we talk every now and then. And, and so, yeah, that's, that's my story, but there's one more person that also kind of helped 
raise all of you. Uh, and I'm not talking about my mom and Shark because we've already t- beat that to death. We've talked about that nonstop. But what about Sal across the street, Grandpa Sal? Because I even met Sal. I remember Sal. So who wants to tell the world Me. about Sal? <laughs> okay, I'll go ahead, start, Amber. Because first of all, I was Sal's first baby, okay? We moved across the street. Sal was already in this house. And then Myra and Tim ended up buying the house of hell that we grew up in, but it wasn't that at the time. So Sal was like an old man, retired. He's this old Italian man, had this strong, thick, heavy Italian accent. God, I miss him. And this is when Myra was crazy, but not crazy. So, you know, she would go over there and talk to him. What are you building? Because he was always building something in his garage. And it got to the point where Eric and I would go over there all the time. And I mean, at three years old, I was you know, dwaddling across the street to go over to sales because I remember you always had a bowl of the the um, Hershey's mixed bag of chocolate with the Mr. Good Bar and the Crackle or whatever. I always ate the Mr. Good Bar. I don't know what the other ones were. And then he always had the little pecan pinwheels and he always had Winn-Dixie brand soda and waffles. So it, it started as going over there, like just as a kid hanging out, he was showing Eric and I how to garden and you know, things that Myra and Tim weren't doing. Just, he was like a grandfather to us. You're three years old. You're walking across the street to some random old guy's house. Did Myra know about this? And- well, he wasn't, he wasn't random at the time. Cause I think we moved into the house when I was about one and a half. So, and I, I started journeying over there later as I got bigger. But he also knew, knew Myra and Tim yes. and all that. Okay. So I, just Myra- wanna, I just want to clarify for everyone that you're not just randomly. Yeah. No. So Myra is a very outgoing and talkative person. She loves to make conversation. That is one thing that she that still stands true about her, but now it's just a little kooky, but she would always go over there. And, you know, if she needed anything, she needed, a, she was that neighbor that would, if, I, if I need a cup of sugar, I'm going to go over to sales or anything, anything she needed. I, when I was seven years old, I fell out of the bed and broke my arm and it was just Myra and I home and she ran over to Sal's and Sal helped us. Sal was always that person. And then growing up as Myra started to decline and Tim started to decline, Sal was my ride to school. Like he gave me a ride to school every morning Poor Sal. I even, you know, he had a spare bedroom and he always told me, don't be doing no hanky panky in here. What? What were you hanky pankying in his guest room? Well, it's actually weird because it wasn't even like me and a boy. It was me and my best friend, Kristen, used to go in his guest room all the time. So I don't know if he thought like, I don't know. I I don't know what he thought. He was silly. So you weren't actually doing any hanky panky in there. No. He was just telling you like, hey, no hanky panky. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. No, I was, I, I waited until uh, I had my own apartment with Dan to do that. Just kidding. Uh, Yeah, you did not wait that long. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, um, but no, Sal was great. He was, and, you know, Echo and Autumn can get into that more because they were, I moved away and I, I hate that I did. I wasn't there as Sal got older, but, you know, I really enjoyed having it as a part of my life when things were bad at home he would take me to gemini springs and we would take a walk or blue spring like he was just he was that grandfather figure to me i was lucky enough to shortly before he passed dan myself and peanut 
um, came down to Florida on vacation and he got to meet and hold peanut. And I still have pictures of him holding peanut and me and him. So I'm very grateful that we at least got to make that trip and he got to at least meet one of my kids. I just wish he was still here. Aww. Echo and autumn. Do you guys want to chime in about Sal? Cause I know he, you know, all of you guys hold him in very high regard. I don't even know how to describe Sal. He was just awesome. We didn't have a computer at the house. We didn't have internet at the house. And Sal, for some reason, had a desktop. And then he also had a laptop. And I think he bought the laptop so he could play solitaire while I used the desktop that was connected to the printer to do my schoolwork. Because Uh... I would come over every single day and use the computer. So I think he just got fed up and he wanted to play solitaire. Because Sal would watch Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy every single night. And he like was a multitasker, so he would play solitaire at the same time, and I would work on schoolwork, or if Autumn came over, he would give up his laptop reluctantly, and then she would have a place to do her homework. It was basically just like another computer for us. I have no idea why he had to, but he did. And just like Amber said, he, he continued to buy the variety pack of the Hershey's chocolates, and he also had Hershey's Kisses. And he had when Dixie brand Oreos, he just always had those things. And you're always allowed to just go get them. Like he kept them on like standby for you. And like you said, you wanted like a magic box to like put your money in. And I, and Sal would make it for you. I remember like there was this box that he made and you, you put the penny in or you put the like dime or whatever you close it and it would drop down. And he, these were like his magic boxes and he made one for each one of us or like, I remember one time, oh man, I really wish we had roller skates because like other kids on our street had roller skates. Sal made us roller skates out of wood. He literally sat around and like figured out how to make us roller skates. One time I really wanted a trundle bed. I wanted a trundle bed so bad. And we found a twin size bed on the like on the side of the road or maybe at a garage sale. I can't remember. And Sal turned it into a trundle bed. And it was like the coolest thing ever. Cause like I had the top portion, Autumn had the bottom portion. Like it was such a space saver, <laughs> I guess. Or like um, if I like missed the bus in middle school, Sal would take me to school. Or every Sunday he went out to breakfast and Autumn and I learned how to time it just perfectly. I think he went to breakfast. It was either 10 or 11 a.m. And so we would go over there at like 9.45 and we'd be like, hey, you going to breakfast this morning? And we would kind of wait around for him to invite us. He would invite us like without fail every single Sunday. And we would go to we'd go to IHOP or Denny's or Perkins or McDonald's. Like he would let us pick. He took us out every single Sunday. We went out to breakfast with Sal. He was like a reprieve from like all of the terribleness, you know, across the street and do you think that he knew what was going on at Myra's house? Um, I don't really know if he knew or if he really understood it, but like he just tried to provide like what he could. Like he was like a lot older. Like Sal died when he was in his late nineties, I believe. Like I can't remember exactly, but like he was significantly older and he had lost his wife before we had ever met him. Um, and he had two does he have two kids or three kids i can't remember he has yeah he has his own kids too but they were all like grown up and like did their own thing he did everything he could like sal had a washer and dryer and i can't tell you like 
living across the street how many times we didn't have a washer and dryer I would bring all of my clothes out like and I remember loading up his washer like to the very brim and Sal just shaking his head because he had a really small washer I'm pretty sure he had to buy another washer and dryer because of me and Autumn. Damn, you guys are racking up the electronics bills over at Sal's house. You <laughs> <We> really <laughs> first, were. First a laptop, then a washer and dryer, internet, cable, not to mention the Winn-Dixie groceries. Yes. <laughs> oh my God, like I don't even know Sal. Like I met him, I think a couple of times. I think I went there with Amber and Eric once. And I think I just went over there with Amber another time. I, I really didn't know him, but... My God, thank God for Sal, right? The fact that you had someone that provided some semblance of normalcy, like right there. Because as you guys all had like the Kims, the Tracys, the grandmas, and all those people that stepped up and took you guys in or or whatnot, you at least had someone that you kind of knew was right there that you could go to if, if shit got real bad. And oh, he yeah. stepped up to like- the plate. The fact that he stepped up to the plate, I mean, he's got, you know, Myra's got seven kids. I don't know if P and Bree were around before he passed, but even if it was just the five of you, I mean, holy hell, like he's taking in five random kids and feeding them and taking care of them. And, you know, kudos to Sal. Autumn was his favorite. As soon as you said, I don't know if P and Bree are around, I'm in my office right now and I have a photo of them all together and it's the sweetest thing p fell asleep on the couch with him and they're like all laying on each other's shoulders it's so sweet i was his favorite for sure though like echo said i spent every single day with him we would go out to dinner on fridays a lot of the time if i didn't have plans he'd be like oh do you want to go out to dinner i remember for my i think it was my 13th birthday I said I want a pair of gold hoop earrings I had just mentioned it one time I remember on my 13th birthday he got me a pair of gold hoop earrings and they were real gold they ended up being stolen at Myra's house but stolen or sold for drugs yeah they were stolen to be sold for drugs that's what I thought I actually remember catching the person in the act doing it but he bought me a pair of gold hoop earrings and he took me out to dinner Anything that I ever said I wanted, he'd be like, oh, okay, right away. I had a best friend, probably my whole like childhood. We've been friends for 18 years. Her name is Sarah. We would spend like hours and hours over there. It was just so fun and just such a like so relieving, I guess. And he was just so funny. Like I have videos of him. I'd be like, I'm so cool. He'd be like, that's why I'm freezing over here. Or like he was just so witty. And like, those are the things that I remember about him. And I remember every Sunday we would take a drive to Gemini Springs or somewhere to see like water or something because he was obsessed with the water. We went to like the pier and he'd be like, oh, this is so nice. It reminds me of Italy. Just little things like that. And we would spend a lot of time together. He would tell me about his time because he was in World War II. He told me about his time in the Merchant Marines in World War II. And he told me about like immigrating to America, like the difficulties he had. He was just such a great guy. One year, I remember we didn't have school supplies. He bought them for us. We could always count on him. How long ago did Sal pass away? Actually, I remember he passed away when I was 15. So eight years ago. 
And do you guys have any contact with any of his family? We hope you enjoyed this episode of Wicked Awesome Sisters podcast and that it gave you a sneak peek into our Wicked Awesome Sisterhood. Next week, we'll pick up right where we left off. To stay in the loop and catch us when our next episode drops, you can subscribe to this channel. For our family tree diagram and more fun facts and photos, you can follow us on Instagram at Wicked Awesome Sisters. Till next time, stay wicked. Wicked awesome, that is.